Hi, this is Sarah Lachance, founder of Stop the Movement. If you want to be empowered to chase your potential and live a life that makes a positive impact, then listen to The Qualified with my friend, Ryan Huff. This is The Qualified. The Qualified. The Qualified. El Calificado. The Qualified with Ryan Huff. What's going on, Qualified Family? Hope you're having an amazing day as always. And welcome back to The Qualified, where the ultimate goal is to empower you to chase your potential and live a life that makes a positive impact. Y'all, I have, and we have another incredible, empowering episode for you today. I'm super excited for this episode, you guys. Um, we have the founder of Stop the Movement on the show, an incredible woman that I know you're going to be um, going to be inspired by, and you're going to be uh, just you're going to learn a lot today as well um, about what sh- that what this amazing company does and um, the uh, really sinister reality behind the uh, behind what's what's going on. But before we get into all that juicy stuff, guys, I got to thank you so very much for listening. Uh, whether you're new to the show or you're already part of the family, thank you so very much. Either way. The reason we call this show The Qualified, if you're new, is because I believe we are all qualified to make a difference with this beautiful gift of life that we've been given. However, there's a massive difference between having potential and actually going out there and doing something with it, right? That's when this show we discuss topics, ideas, strategies, things I've done in my life, as well as things of inspiring guests that they've done in theirs that have helped to make a change and also helped to showcase God's goodness as well, because ultimately... God put us on this earth with a purpose, right? He fashioned us in our mother's womb. He created us as a masterpiece. And, but not only that, in addition to that, I should say, it's going to be impossible for you to feel great about yourself when you're not performing at a level that you know you're capable of performing at. If God's put you on this earth for excellence, which he has, and you're, and you're performing at a level that's below that, it's going to be very difficult to get out of bed, really excited about what you're doing about life because you're not performing at that level. So this podcast is for that. I want you to live the qualified life. I want you to go out and use something that you hear, whether it's in this message or a future message. So go out and live the qualified life because you're qualified for more. So never settle for less. Y'all, let's rock and roll. Before we get into it, you guys got to remind you, this podcast is absolutely free. So whenever you enjoy it, whether it's this episode or another episode, if it makes you laugh, makes you smile, makes you think, you learn something new, if it added any any sort of value to your day, would you please leave us a five-star review? Let us, let, it takes like two minutes on Apple Podcasts, you guys. And in addition to that, if you could share it out with at least one person, let them know you enjoyed it. That would mean the world to me as well. I really appreciate it. Y'all, we're going to open up with a quick word of prayer. And then we'll get this thing going. So, Father God, thank you so much for this amazing day. Lord, I just appreciate the opportunity that uh, our mutual friend Frank Rich uh, gave with uh, gave with this with this coming together. And Lord, I just pray that you would. Uh, I just pray blessings of this conversation, Lord. I just pray that um, Exodus four twelve that you would speak through um, speak through myself and speak through uh, Miss Sarah as well. And Lord, give us the right words to say. And ultimately, I pray that this conversation would empower people to chase their potential and live a life that makes a positive impact and ultimately just empower them to start living the qualified life. In your powerful name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, Miss Sarah, and one of the parts of the reason why I brought you on, and guys, first of all, first of all, let me just say, oh, before I say, yeah, let's say it how I was going to say it. One of the reasons that I brought you on as well, stick to that, um, was because the main reason I should say was because what the work that you guys are doing is absolutely incredible. Um, y'all, for those who don't know who are listening, Miss Sarah Lachance is the founder of an incredible company called Stop the Movement, based out of Tampa. Um, that exists to bring to bring awareness, prevention, and education 
about the reality of human trafficking, uh, especially to specifically to the Tampa Bay area. And y'all, it's and essentially it's just to stop the movement, right? To stop the movement that's sweeping across not only, unfortunately, the United States, but unfortunately across the entire globe as well. Um and the the reality of human trafficking. So, and like what y'all do specifically uh, lines up with our vision of the company, with my company, Qualified Apparel, which is to be the leading positive impact brand in the world, providing food, clean water, freedom from human trafficking, and whatever else the guy would have us to do to grow the kingdom to millions across the globe every year. So, I just got to say, th- it's a pleasure to have you. Shout out to our mutual friend, Frank Rich. And thank you so very much for coming on the show. Thank Super you. Super excited to have you on. Let's go. I'm excited to be here and I am going to do my very best to match your level of enthusiasm. (laughs) I'm I'm honored to spend time here and I love your podcast and I love what you're doing. So thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Well, Sarah, I've kind of, you know, given it like a, you know, 30,000 foot view of, uh, of you, if you will. Um, but just kind of tell us about yourself a little bit, um, family, if you're married, that sort of thing. Um, and then I would love to hear like what kind of got you into stop the movement and we'll, we'll go on from there. Absolutely. So um, the long and short of it is I've been married for 13 years. Um, We've got uh, a lot of kids. That's (laughs) (laughs) we have. um, We have three kids, uh, biological, one adopted and one on the way. So um, and then we're done. So (laughs) I don't care what anybody else says. Um, so that's that. And that, you know, was a real driving force as to why I'm so passionate about this issue because I have kids and, um, I don't want anything to happen to them. And, and, and if something does happen to them, I don't want them to wait 20 years to talk about what happened to them. I want them to get help immediately. So that's, that's really something that we push. Um, but so that's my family. We live here in Tampa with all of our family. It's great. And the reason that Stop the Movement got started was um, I'm, I'm really on track with everything that you're saying. I'm a huge um, proponent of uh, personal development. And I went to a conference a couple of years ago. Um, I'd been working and having kids and um, kind of put my dreams on the back burner. And at the very end of the conference, you know, it was like one of those like rally times. I'm like, you're going to scream out. The count of three, the thing that you want to do with your life. Was it a Tony Robbins event? It was not, but I love Tony Robbins. Okay. It almost sounds like, because I know he has stuff in in Florida. Yes. Extremely similar. Um, (laughs) But she was like, one, two, three. And I I yelled out human trafficking. And I literally went like this. And I I looked around because I, I had no idea who said that. It was so strange. It was a dream that I had always wanted to participate in. But like I said, just life got in the way. And that began my journey of getting back into the anti-trafficking field. And um, so I interviewed all of the organizations in Tampa Bay, a lot of them. And they said, I'm passionate about justice. I love people and I don't need a paycheck. I just want to do something in this field. What can I do? And overwhelmingly, everybody said, you can lick envelopes, you can uh, write us a check, but we don't have anything for you to do. Really? And I was like, that just, that can't be the case. And I can't be the only one who feels that way. And so yeah. I started my own organization. So that's how stop the movement was born. Good for you. I love that. And so what, what was the event that you were at? What was the conference? This was, um, it was called rise. Um, and it was in Minneapolis, it, absolutely great conference. It really kind of helped jumpstart my personal development 
um, journey. And that's, that was kind of where it all started. So it was really monumental in my life. That's cool. I love that. I've heard of rise before who, who hosts that event. I forget. Um, it's a Rachel Hollis event. It's like, that's it. Okay. Mostly women. Yes. Um, Man, they had fantastic speakers and just, it really helped me remember, you know, like what, um, like what you talk about, like what God's called me to do. And that I was like, the way I describe it is I was letting life live me Mm. rather than me living life. Wow. So it, um, it was exactly what I needed. Yeah, no, I love that. So, so how long had you been passionate about like, Oh, if you don't mind me asking, like at what, like at what age did this happen? Like, and how, at what age did you kind of realize like, you know, Hey, human trafficking is something I'm passionate about. Cause I mean, you know, to be fair, it's like not a whole lot of people are like, you know, gung ho about that. I'm sure like when you shouted it out, you're like, did anyone hear me say that? You know, kind of thing. But like, yeah. where did that kind of start? Like, yeah, I, I think you mentioned like your, your father was involved with that. If I'm not mistaken. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. We should clarify. My father was not involved in traffic. Right. He <laughs> wasn't a pimp. Yeah, no, He's not pimping anyone out. Yeah. Um, so my, my degrees in social work. And so my, my passion was addiction and I um, have experience with that and stuff like that. And did a bunch of mission trips when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of how it all started is um, we found in, in one of the countries that we were serving in that poverty really fueled trafficking um, because it's extremely lucrative. And uh, there was a girl that was, uh, both of her parents had passed away. And our the pastor that we were working alongside um, in the country wanted to adopt her. They had three kids of their own, and they you know found out about this girl. And her um, her quote unquote uncle um, approached the family and said, "She's mine now, and I'm going to do whatever I want with her." And he was a known trafficker in the area. And wow. if you come for her, uh, these are the names of your children this is your address and you will never see your kids again. So do not come back into my city. Wow. So, um, and th- I mean, that sounds like something made up, but that real, that a hundred percent happened. They were not able to pursue it and we never heard from her again. Um, and so wow. for that reason, my dad started an, an organization many, many years ago, but that was my first introduction into realizing like, um, the absolute injustice in the world. And, it didn't make like, why am I free? But she's not free. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just, it didn't sit well. It still doesn't sit well. I have a ton of friends who are survivors and it just doesn't make sense that some of us are walking around free, but some of us are in start, we're enslaved and, yeah. and people are paying to do terrible things to these victims. And, yeah. and disgusting. I can't, yeah. Yeah, I can't sit by and let it happen. And so that's that's why we exist. Yeah. So that was kind of a turning point, you would say, like whenever that that mission like what year, like how old were you? If you don't mind me asking, oh, how old were you when that, that happened? Gosh, I was probably I mean, maybe 17 when that oh, happened. Oh wow, you're young. Yeah. So I have um and then we lived in LA for a long time. I volunteered at the the Los Angeles Dream Center there. And at that point, this was like 12 years ago, they had just started a, a human trafficking um, recovery, if you will, program, rehabilitation program. And that was, um, my first foot in the door. And I found out like slavery really exists here in the States. It's not just in developing countries. Uh, it's in every city in America. It's happening right under our nose. Um, and you know, the stats followed and just the absolute outrage and the shock. And then I got to work with a survivor 
um, when I was like 22. And I, I just couldn't believe, I couldn't believe that someone thought that they owned another person. Right. So, um, yeah. So it's, I mean, been way more than a decade that, um, that I really felt God calling me to, to fight, you know? Yeah. At the expense of sounding kind of, because I am not the expense. I am very ignorant about like trafficking. I, mean, I have some, some ideas, but not, not a whole lot of like information more so, but like, how long has it been like a, a problem, especially in the United States? I mean, if you know worldwide too, cool. But like, like, especially in the United States, like how long has it been? Cause I feel like just recently we've been hearing a whole bunch of stuff. Like you have like, you know, a 21 and like, you know, uh, operation underground railroad, obviously stop the movement people, yeah. uh, people that are doing great things in, in regards to, you know, helping this be not be a thing, you know, it just shouldn't be slavery. Shouldn't be a thing already. Right. Um, <clears throat> but at the same time, it's like, how long has this been going on? You know, it's been going on since biblical times. It, it really, and just what's, you know, what's good and what's bad about it is that it's a buzzword right now yeah. and I'll take it, you know, like I'm great. We're going to run with that because it's, it's been happening for centuries, um, all across the world. It's been, and, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but the thing is that, um, over 90% of trafficking is familial. So it's, it's done by a family member to a family member. Wow. So it's not normally like a snatch and grab situation. Really? it's, it's by someone that you trusted. And so that's been happening since the dawn of time. Um, so it's and, not always, statistically speaking, it's not always a, a like snatch and grab or whatever, have like, like taken or whatever have you. So that stuff does happen, but it's not always that more so. Statistically speaking, it's almost always a family member. So that's what wow. I found to be really surprising, but you know, you, everyone's got a story. Um, and I, you know, we talked a little bit about this off camera, but like this, the stats don't lie. One in four women and one in seven men have been the victims of sexual abuse at some point in their lives. Wow. So if that's the case, think about your friend group at, and you do the math. Um, right. And the thing, here's the difference is the way I like to explain it is so that that sexual abuse is an exploitation and human trafficking is exploitation for profit. So that's, the difference. One of them, you're definitely being exploited, you're being abused, but the other one, there is some type of uh, goods being exchanged, whether it's money, whether it's just beer. We've seen a lot of that drugs, a place to sleep. They call it survival sex. Um, there's any host of reasons, but yes, but to answer your original question, it's been going on and it's not normally from a stranger. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I get, yeah, it does make sense that it has been going on for years. I didn't, I just didn't think, I don't know. I just, I, whenever I think of human trafficking, I always think of like the movie taken for instance, yeah. you know, like that's what first thing that comes to mind and such, but I didn't like whenever like, wow, like, but, but that does make sense too. Cause like my friend Elizabeth Frazier, um, she was, uh, she was, she was, uh, um, trafficked from, uh, from as early as she can remember from the age of four. And what was disgusting about us, her, it was her parents that were pimping her out. And, um, fortunately she's been able to get out of that. And, you know, she left the state that, that her parents were doing it in. And, um, you know, she now is, her story is incredible. Like she now is married. Um, God's just done a huge thing in her life and such. She's married to this incredible man named Michael Frazier as well. Um, she's got five beautiful kids and like all these things that she never thought she'd have. She's like, you know, I'm damaged goods. Why would anyone want to be with me? You know? And it's just like all the lies that the enemy, you know, fills your head with after that point, which, it makes would you know, to be fair, it makes sense, right? It's like you've gone through something that <laughs> I, I 
a lot of people, I'm sure people can relate to it to a certain degree, but a lot of people probably won't be able to relate to as well. And it's just like, you never want that to happen to anyone um, yeah. specifically. And it's like, like even to that point, like I, you know, we were talking on the phone. It's like you, you hear that the story of what, what country were you in whenever that the initial Guatemala. thing would happen? Guatemala. Okay, that that's one of those things that makes you want to go to like some covert operation, like bring all the guns and just like slaughter everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and like like I, like God, I know you say that justice will be mine. I'm like I don't, I'm not gonna wait that long, bro. Like I'm not gonna wait till yes. eternal damnation. I'm gonna send them there early, and yes. like I would sleep totally fine at night knowing that would that's- happen. This is what I'm saying. My mugshot would be me smiling. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> what is wrong with this? Part? Like, just yeah. I just need a little bit of justice. You know yeah. what I mean? Because so much of it goes um, un unprosecuted. It's it never gets taken to court. People are too afraid to tell their stories. Understandably, um, they're threatened. Their families are threatened. And I just feel like we could take matters into our own hands but every yeah. time i tell law enforcement that they're like you will get arrested please stop you're not qualified to do that <laughs> i mean that's, that's fair enough i mean that that is fair yeah so okay but, so they told me to stay in my lane so that's what i am doing yeah. uh but but here's a crazy i'll tell you a crazy story so yeah. we had a really great experience we have been um you know covid was difficult and it wouldn't they wouldn't let us into any of the schools well the average age of a trafficking victim is between 12 and 14. So wow. those kids are in school. So we need to school get kids. Schools. Yeah, we got to talk to them. So, wow. so COVID didn't let us do that. And slowly but surely, God has been opening the doors. It has been, it's been so wonderful. And I was able to give a presentation along with a couple other uh, people on my team to yeah. a middle school group and then to a high school group at a, a local Christian school. And, you know, you don't, I mean, you don't, they're teenagers. You don't know if they're listening. You don't know if anything's getting through half of them are picking their nose, you know, they're (laughs) on their phone, whatever. Um, A week after we gave that presentation, two of the girls were down um, like our downtown area Mm -hmm. and not by themselves. These are like, these are good kids. They're like 14, 15. They're hanging out with one of their families, one of the girls' families. And the area that they were at was getting ready to close. Everybody's there hanging out, kind of spread out. And the security guard of all people, it's always someone in power. He, he goes up to the girls who, again, are prepubescent, 14, 15-year-olds. And he says, hey, girls, um, this area is closing down. I'm going to need you to leave unless you want to take all your clothes off. What? That's what I said. Oh, it still gives me goosebumps because so and that's what he so said. Too, like, did they get that I'm recording or what? No, but here's the great news is that here's what's lucky for that guy. The dad was in the bathroom at the time, so he didn't hear it. Wow. The mom was with an earshot and she heard it. And this is one of those justice situations. And he ended up getting fired. And uh, come to find out there was a history. Of course, there was. There always is. It's never just a one time in a vacuum situation. But yeah. the good news is that, um, you know, we, we gave the presentation and the girls really they said, you know, everything that we learned from what y'all taught us, it gave us the, um, you know, it empowered us. It helped us to feel strong and brave and to tell him, like, excuse me, that's not how you speak to to us. And I was just so proud of them. I'm proud. And they, they were scared and they did the right thing. And that guy got fired as he should have. Absolutely. And, you know, justice was served. 
That's awesome. Well, there, there's a question I want to ask you, um, but before I ask that question, I want to follow up with this one. Would you recommend like what, what, like more so I should say, what is the most fulfilling part of going on a mission trip and such? That's something I've always wanted to do. And I, I know I eventually will, but like, what is the, one of the most fulfilling parts of going on a mission trip that you, that you see? So I, I mean, I, I, I love other cultures. I love other languages. I love traveling. So those things are right up, um, you know, they're in my wheelhouse. And right. um, so that's always great. You know, that stuff's fun. Um, not, I don't like, I'm too old to sleep outside. So that's a no, we're not doing that. Uh, so it depends where we're going, but um, <laughs> sure. about it is it stretches you out of your comfort zone. It makes you realize how much you truly have. I mean, the first time I went on one, I came back and I was like, sell it all, sell everything. And I was 16. Like, really? What did I own? I was like, guys, sell the house. <laughs> we're done. We can get out. We're moving. We don't need this stuff. We're spoiled. Yeah. We don't, why do we have two cars? Two cars. Those are ridiculous. We need a bike. Literally. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and it, it was great. You meet great people. You find out that you can do a lot more with a lot less. Yeah. Um, one of the really still sticks with me today is we went to a really, really small town in Guatemala, um, on one of our trips and, uh, we're doing not, I wasn't doing any electrical work. I don't, (laughs) nobody wants that to happen, but (laughs) some people were doing it. Some of us were hanging out with the kids. Yeah. It started raining. It was really cold, you know, and I'm standing there shivering. And one of, and when I tell you, these people are poor, these people are poor, like not cute, poor, they're poor. They live in huts. They, uh, all share the community resources. Um, everybody is below the poverty line malnutrition is through the roof. They are barely surviving. One of the, our partner organizations puts clean water, um, you know, systems in there so that they're, the children are dying at rapid rates. That's what we're dealing with. All that to say it's raining and I get cold. And one of the girls runs away and goes and brings me one of her shirts. Really? And I have it. Like I kept it to this day. And I asked her, I didn't steal it, but I, you know, I was so moved that the people who have the least are the ones who are willing to give the most. Mm, Yeah. So it puts things in perspective, especially when you realize in America, even the guy who's panhandling on the side of the road is actually better off than a lot of people that in these countries like that. It's wild. Yes, it is. So it's really, yeah. Like you said, it'll put it into perspective. I highly recommend it. It's, uh, it's going to change your life. Yeah. No, I love that. Well, you mentioned, I love what you said about those, those young ladies that, um, you know, that security guard, that scuzzy guy or whatever had approached those girls. And they said, based on what you had said, like, I was just going to ask, like, what are, what are some things that practical things that people can do to like spot it or like prevent it or whatever have you when it comes to trafficking and such? Yeah, absolutely. That's, so that's pretty much all we talk about. So I love that. Um, yes, because what do you do? So a couple of things and you can, um, you know, like add the number into your whatever it's called, your podcast information. Um, but so we always give people the human trafficking hotline, uh, which I mean, I might as well just tell it to you now. Yeah, go for it. 888-373-7888. And we tell people to, to blow the number up. It's anonymous. You're not in any danger. If you see a situation and you call it, no, it's never going to get tracked back to you. Really? Um, Right. But what we do tell people is not to approach the situation. So um, I'll give you an example. I saw uh, 
here's a better one. One of the girls on my team was out walking her dog and a girl came up to her that was disheveled, um, some bruising, uh, not dressed appropriately for the weather. And when I say that, I mean, like if it's cold and you're wearing short shorts and a spaghetti strap shirt, something's off. And she went up to my girlfriend and she said, excuse me, what city am I in? Okay. That's that's a red flag. If you're being hopped around from city to city and you don't know where you're at, you don't have any ID on you. um, And again, the bruising, those are all huge red flags. So instead of my girlfriend getting involved, which doesn't put her in danger, it puts the girl in danger because traffickers Mm. don't want to get caught. So they're not going to go after you, you know, guy on the street or girl on the street. They're going to, uh, all the bad stuff will happen to their victim as a result of you intervening. So she did not intervene. She called the trafficking hotline. Once she was away from the girl, she gave as detailed of a description as possible. Like what color hair, what identifying marks, did she have any tattoos? Did she have an accent? What was she wearing? Gave that information to them and let them handle it because our part ends here. And then their part continues thereafter. But we can only do so much. Um, and so that's what we do. So you're looking, again, things you're looking for are bruising, um, specific tattoos. It's called branding. Could It genuinely could be a um, QR code. We've seen those, Q, like QR codes. People have had QR codes on, on them? People, like in our city, in your city, everywhere. Um, and what's awful about that is the goal of that is so that no money is exchanging hands. Because then it's less, uh, it's easier to get away with it. It's harder to track. And so if you were a buyer, um, what you would do is go up and scan with your phone that QR code and find out how much that person is worth. Really? That is, I mean, genuinely really working QR codes tattooed on people's bodies because they're just commodities. And yeah, we've seen that here. So we're looking for that. Um, I've seen, you know, that they've got it tattooed on their chest that would say property of, um, or like, are you serious? Yeah. Yep. Or, um, would say like a guy's name. Uh, and you know, obviously some people get their boyfriend's name tattooed on them. That does not mean that they're trafficking. Right. <laughs> okay, so, you know, no, I'm happily married. I swear, you know, yeah. right, right, right. Use discretion, but you're looking for that stuff. Someone who doesn't make eye contact, someone who is, is with someone else, but the, and generally it's a man, it could also be a woman. Um, but he's going to control what the answers to every question that you're asking. She won't look at you. He'll answer for her. Um, she may, if she does answer her answers, may be rehearsed, yeah. may be very afraid to speak to the police. Yeah. Um, we're looking for stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. So here's one other quick story. Uh, there was a girl that went into a salon um, and she had two bodyguards with her. Why would you need bodyguards in a salon? Um, you would not is the answer. And she was very young, probably about 16. And she was not allowed to speak. And the gentleman, and I use that term very loosely, uh, the gentlemen that were with her told the stylist that they needed, in so many words, they needed to alter her appearance. That's a red flag. Um, They wanted it dyed and cut. And she sat there and didn't speak once. 
Really? And they said the the vibe that they got off of them was extremely controlling, very scary. Um, men, you know, big in stature, just overbearing. Uh, and as and these girls did the right thing that they did not get involved. They mentally took as many notes as possible, pulled the footage from the salon cameras, and they called the police and the human trafficking hotline as soon as the people left so that they could get that girl help. Wow. Yeah. So it's everywhere. It's every day. Dang. And so like when you say like, like, for instance, if you get involved in like they could cause the actual girl who's being trafficked harm, like when it comes to that, like, like killing her or just like beating her up or like what it like, like, what do you think? Like what usually happens in situations yeah. like that? I mean, we've experienced both. We've experienced really? both. It depends. So there's, um, there's two types of traffickers. They're called um, Romeo pimps or gorilla pimps. And the Romeo pimps are the ones that will coerce you into a relationship, a faux relationship, you know, like they're romantic and they're wine and dine you and they'll buy you stuff and, you know, tell you how beautiful and awesome you are. Um, and then, oh, by the way, I need you to start, you know, making your keep here and you're going to have to start sleeping with people, but still make you feel special. Um, in that situation, you're probably going to get beaten if you do the wrong thing. A gorilla pimp is someone who does not care. This is a person who's sociopathic, who uh, will kill someone to make a point. And we've, like I said, we've experienced a situation like that here locally um, where a girl did something she wasn't supposed to do. And he killed her in front of the other girls that um, he was running, that he was in charge of to prove to them that he didn't care if he lost her. And if you get out of line, it's going to happen to you too. Wow. So it's, yeah, that's, and that I really, I truly just believe like a, an ounce of prevention uh, is worth a pound of cure. So yeah. we can go rescue those girls, you know, like hopefully in a perfect world, we'll be able to rescue them and get them the rehabilitation that they need. But think about the amount of rehabilitation that they're going to need. I mean, you yeah. are rebuilding a human from the ground up yeah. and wouldn't it be better if we prevented it? back over here from the start that's that's what i think yeah i think what like i want to get i want to hear you talk more about that um as well because like i remember that you and i were talking about this example whenever we first got on the phone um i was actually from i heard it from tony robbins and like uh what is it the guy was saying you know this guy's by a river and he sees uh someone that's drowning in the river flowing down river he's like help help and so the guy jumps in he swims over to him he grabs him out of the river and he swims back throws him on the shore saves him turns around two seconds later there's three people in the river now and he turns like oh gosh so he mm-hmm. runs in the river jumps in swims over grabs the one grabs the other pulls him to shore throws him down he turns around there's five people now he didn't yeah. so at the time when instead of going back and jumping back in he goes who the heck's throwing him in the river and yes. so and yes. so that's what you're talking about like yeah obviously places like operation underground railroad and other yeah. companies that do amazing work while you know going in and actually you yes. know with military and police and whatnot to get those people out that's amazing yeah. but it's also it's like there's you're even going a step further so how can we prevent okay that's great they're doing great work but how can we prevent people from even like getting in those situations. So like, what are practical steps for that? Like, obviously we talked about like, you know, like what to look for in that regard, but like, what are the prevention? Like, you know, what's the education around like prevention whenever it comes to it? Yeah, that's a great question. So a couple of the things that we talk about um, from like an early age uh, is like bodily autonomy. So like 
And I do this with my kids too. Like your body is your own and and not all the time, but I'll even ask my kids, like, is it okay to give you a hug? Because I don't want to be touched all the time. So kids are the exact same way. And so we're really trying not to do the whole give grandma and grandpa a kiss and a hug goodbye before they leave, because that's teaching them that they are not in charge of what happens to their body. And if we instill that now, we're going to have a problem later. So we're trying to teach consent now. So I had um, a, a young girl that had a situation where a boy in a class of hers ran up to her and kissed her. You know, it seems innocuous and it really upset her. And I, I talked to her about it and let her know, like, that word is called consent. And that boy did not have consent to kiss you. And it's okay to say no. And, and we tell boys the exact same thing. And so we, those are like small practical things like no understanding that no is okay. Understanding that your body is your own. We also talk about um, proper body naming parts which is just, it's always so uncomfortable. Oh, the whole thing's uncomfortable. You just have to get over it. Like you want to keep your people safe or not. So uh, we, we talk about that and I'll tell you why. Um, one of the girls on my team is a survivor and she's the victim of um, child sexual abuse material, which is still out on the internet to this day. It will never get taken down. And so that really leads into the pornography stuff, but she was abused when she was younger. And she tried to tell her family about it. And unfortunately, she did not have the verbiage to say what was happening. And so she kept telling her mom, my cookie hurts. And her mom was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like you, I, you know, I don't know what that is. Well, turns out she had been being assaulted. Um, And so we really talk about that with our kids. Like, to know what your body parts are called. And again, it's uncomfortable. Um, but it's, it's just a necessity. It's like, we have to get out of our own way. It doesn't matter if we're uncomfortable because we're trying to keep kids safe. That's the whole point of it. I don't want, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit, but like the me too movement has actually been extremely helpful. Um, wherever you stand on the spectrum in the trafficking and the sexual abuse arena. Um, but I, I'm in my thirties, you know, and all of my friends that have experienced anything like this, it happened 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago. And we're just now talking about it. And that's decades worth of therapy that you never got. And that's decades worth of relationships that were ruined and you couldn't pinpoint why. And, um, just mental health issues, you know, that you couldn't figure out why you were so depressed or anxious or why there was so much trauma going on in your life. I don't want that to happen anymore. And so again, if something's happening one time to a seven-year-old, it's not happening in a vacuum. So it's not just, you know, going to happen to that kid one time. It may happen to that kid one time, right? but then it might happen to their sibling. And if we'd stopped it with that kid, then it would have stopped the cycle. Interesting. What, how, what, what are you what, like? What, how is the like me too movement, like been super beneficial for, for, for the cause, but like against trafficking and such. It's just started the conversation because mm. before nobody talked about it, it's so it's giving people a platform more. So yes, it's okay. so shameful. It's so, so embarrassing. Yeah. It's scary to talk about you. You always worry that people aren't going to believe you. Sure. Um, and it really gave people a voice to say, no, here's what happened to me. Um, and it's opened the floodgates. It's, it's really been, um, 
heartbreaking to be honest with you right Dang. yeah yeah and then i never thought about the part of like <laughs> asking for consent from like you know like hugging people and whatnot as well like i remember like my niece or whatever i but I, I guess i do do that with her like i'll obviously like Arbor, can i have a hug and and, yeah. and, so, and so uh but like with other people and such like i've just like walked up and like given that but like what like what are the like why why is that like i guess coming back to your point just basically a body autonomy in that regard because yes. that starts from a younger age in that, in that regard totally and and you know the thing is like i didn't learn about the word consent until i was in college until i was in my 20s and then everybody's like date rape date rape everybody be careful you're gonna get raped mm. like but we're not talking about how not to rape people we're just just talking not raping or not being raped um and that narrative needs to change and so consent needs to start a lot younger than that and people need to understand that you can say no and and that's okay and then that decision needs to be respected as well right how do people prevent like when it comes to um what, what I'd like to love to hear your insight, like, because there's sometimes when I hear people talk about, well, I went to this party and yeah. I didn't know a whole lot of people there. And like, I, yeah, I went to there and like, didn't like someone slipped something in my drink and then like, whatever have you, then I ended up, you know, getting raped or whatever have you. So not yeah. to sound insensitive, but in my mind, I'm like, yeah, obviously that guy should have his penis cut off and, you know, thrown, thrown in jail. Right. Right. But in the same time, not to not be empathetic at the same time, like you could have prevented that. Like if you, don't go to places that you're not familiar with. Even if you are familiar with people using, just using wisdom and just being yeah. vigilant about that. Because if you don't, unless you know someone like very well or whatever, even then it's like, just, I don't know, just like in, in those kind of environments, it's like, you just have to use wisdom. And like, there's been in like, sometimes like yeah. people, like I, I can just hear people now, like listen to that, like, well, that's not being, I'm like, I'm like, I, like I'm not trying to dismiss what they went through, but I'm like, at the same time, like I can see like it, if you wouldn't have put yourself in that sort of situation, not justifying at all what the yeah. guy did, obviously not, but like, what are some things that could have, that people can do practically, you know, men and women both to make sure like that, like rape doesn't happen to them or trafficking doesn't happen to them in that regard. Yeah, no, I hear, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And it's um, scary to say anything about it because it's an extremely heated topic. Oh, for sure. Um, But, it, but yes, it needs to be said, you've got to be mm-hmm. vigilant about where you're at and who you're with and, and be, God gave us a brain. We've got to utilize it. Um, and bad stuff is still going to happen. So we live in an evil world. So yeah, yeah. I would recommend, you know, get sharing your location with some friends. Um, and if you're going to drink being extremely cautious of, you know, holding onto it the whole night so that, you know, uh, no one's putting anything in it know your limit. Right. You know, that's, I mean, I, wherever you fall on the drinking spectrum, people drink. So know your limit. You know, if you can't have more than two drinks before you pass out, don't be somewhere that you don't know where you're at and you're going to pass out because it's not safe. And don't also, I don't want people to live in fear. I don't want them to be terrified to go live, but, um, but I, I don't want that, but I also want them to realize that not everyone is looking out for their best interests. Exactly. Yeah. That's you just, that's the reality of the situation. And so even before you're old enough to go to a party, let's go back a couple of years. And there's a couple of, um, thing, anybody can be trafficked. I will put that out there. Uh, when I did the middle school and high school presentation, I said, raise your hand. If any of the following applies to you, are you black? Are you white? 
Are you Hispanic? Are you Asian? Are you Native American? Are you Pacific Islander? And it, obviously everyone had their hand raised. And I said, it's anyone. It could be anybody. Could, you can be short. You can be fat. You can be tall, skinny, athletic. People can like you. You can have no friends. You can be um, differently abled. It doesn't matter. It could happen to anybody. And, yeah. and the same goes with any type of sexual abuse. But there are a couple of things that make people more vulnerable than others. Um, a couple of those examples would be kids who've spent time in foster care. That's a huge one. Mm. Um, because there's no stable support system at home. Yeah. Um, kids who are living in poverty. Uh, minorities, unfortunately, do have a, a little bit higher trafficking rate. Um, Why is that? That's a great question. No one's really come up with a good answer for that yet. It could just be, you know, the disparity with poverty um, or with the, you know, could be a single family household. Um, it could be, I don't know. It could be the, the lifestyle that you're coming out of. Um, again, a lot of people are doing it when they get older for survival, you know, not necessarily, <laughs> no one gets into this because they want to. So right. that's what people need to understand. Sure. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And I think like you, like you said, just like, you know, going back to like the partying thing and like preventing, like, you know, being trafficked or being raped in that regard, it's like just using wisdom and like, you realize like not everyone has your best interests in mind. Like I remember, uh, for instance, uh, I was at, I was in Florida just recently in Tampa uh, this past week. Um, I was with my girlfriend and we went to this place called Armature Works, which uh, yeah. super, you know, you so say you've been. Yeah, it's a super nice area. I've never been. It's the first time. It was really cool. And um, that we were with um, was it two of my girlfriend's friends, and they they both have kids. And then we met this other couple that was there. That they had their little girl there and whatnot. I don't have children myself, but like that public situation, these girls are uh, gosh, I think the oldest one was like three, four, something like that. And like I made a point of just like my head was constantly on a swivel, <laughs> not obvious, but like constantly on a swivel, like. Yep. All right, making sure like okay, you know, you know, th this girl is there, that girl is there, that girl's okay, cool. This like because we're in a public place and like yes. people like traffic kids like that as disgusting as it is, but like that's a fact. And I'm just like constantly looking around. Okay, that one's there. That one. That, I don't even know this couple, but making sure their little girl is good. It's just like head on a swivel every time. It's um, exhausting. But, but yeah, but it's like at the same time, it's like you have to because like it's like y'all, we live in a we live in a fallen world, and the the. The heart is is inherently evil, you know, yeah. and it's like we can't assume that people have our best interests in mind all the time. You would like to. I mean, I think a lot of people are good, you know, but at the same time, there's a lot of people that are not, you know. And so since I don't know those people personally, I got to I got to assume I got to not assume the worst, but I got all right, I guess what the saying what has saying goes uh, prepare for the worst, expect the best, prepare for the worst kind of a thing. Yes. And so, yes. That Okay, so the other thing that I would say that we touch on that's more important than possibly anything is exactly what you just said. Um, internet safety. Internet wow, safety yeah. is like the number one thing that we talk about that you would not think because again, like, and I do the exact same thing. I, when I'm, if we go hang out and my kids are there, I'm not listening to you. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> it's a complete waste of time. I'm constantly. Mama Bear is honed in. Let's go. Yeah, it's. It's so tiring, um, but that isn't even necessarily the situation where we need to be the most vigilant. It's online um, because you're assuming that people are who they say they are. 
Mm. And I have people, I, and I know that they're not because I have people on my team moonlighting as younger teenagers to try to lure in the bad guys. And right. guess what? The messages come in every single day. Yeah. So that's, if I could leave you with any single piece of information, it's that if you're a parent, an uncle, a teacher, anybody that deals with kids, they need to understand internet safety and kids are so um, naive and that's not their fault. They're just kids. It's our job to, to do the right thing and to teach them. And so one, one great, um, like piece of advice I heard was that, and I, so I'm not going to do this. So I'm going to tell my kids, like I pay for everything. Uh, you're, I'm going to have all your passwords. Some parents aren't as psychotic as that. Okay. That, that's fine. Um, so what some parents do with their teenagers is they'll say, here's an envelope. I want you to write down your password to your laptop to your phone whatever devices you have and put it in here and seal it and i promise that i'm not going to go through your stuff unless an emergency happens if you go missing this is getting open and i'm searching everything mm, but until yeah. then you're going to i'm going to trust you and you're going to trust me um and that works for some people you got to find out what works for you but you just have to understand that there are a lot of bad people on the internet on dating sites, if we're going to talk to people in their twenties and thirties that are, are pretending to be people that they simply are not. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's something that's so like, I was wild. Like for instance, there's a, a girl I, I can think of her son, which I think another great parent, which I, all that was great too. I, I love that. Especially that password thing. Like, Hey, like write this in an envelope, keep it for worst case scenario. I'm not going to go through it, but just in case something happens, I know where to access stuff. And I, I think that's an, an excellent idea actually. Um, but, but in addition to that, I think, uh, not even like <laughs> not introducing, not giving a kid a phone until they are at least like a certain age. Like I, I didn't get my first phone until like what eighth grade in, in middle school. And, yeah. um, like I, I didn't need it. You know, I didn't need it and I get it. Like it can be inconvenient for parents and, and whatnot. And I, and I say this as not, as not a parent myself right now. So, you know, take that as you will, but like, like even with like, with electronics and such, like, like there's whatever happened to getting outside and playing, right. whatever right. happened to like putting the iPad down, getting away from the TV and going outside and being creative. You yes. know, it's like, I mean, yeah. I've been, I'm talking with my girlfriend and like, you know, I plan on, you know, we both were you know heading towards marriage and such. And it's like, we're talking about, we've been talking about that as well. It's like, dude, like the only TV they're going to be watching is like wholesome stuff, making sure we're putting them in private schools, making sure that we're giving them certain, you know, criteria, you know, um, criterium and such that are actually going to help them grow and improve. It's just like, and especially when it comes to like the internet, like putting safeguards in place, making sure you have like protections against like pornographic websites against like chat rooms and all kinds of other stuff that are just open doors to letting all these perverts coming in. Because like, there was a, a person that I know, um, a friend of mine, I don't know, I should say, um, her son was, uh, she got on, she got on his iPad or whatever, found out he was on some kind of online game talking with someone who he didn't know. And this person mm-hmm. was saying that they're this, you know, older woman and whatnot talking to this kid. I think he was like, what, 12, 11, mm-hmm. 12, 13 years old, something like that. And they were saying they're posting as someone, but who knows if that was the right person or not? Like, yeah. who knows? And it's just like, that's yeah. just quite frankly, that's scary. It's like, bro, like, I don't want that. And so it's just, I think it's also sometimes it's out of convenience for parents not to go and like, Oh, what are you looking at or whatever? Because yeah. Hey, the, the tablet keeps them, you know, entertained or the whatever have you. It's like, I get it. 
But it's yeah. like, bro, it's like, you got to stay vigilant about those kind of things. Just in the same way as a parent, your marriage takes tending to your body takes tending to, to make yeah. it how you want it to be. You yep. have to, t- you have to also tend to, whoop, it's getting a random call. You have to also tend to your, um, you have to also tend to your kids in that regard too. It's like, you got to be vigilant about this stuff because like, I mean, I wish, I, I wish that technology wasn't the way that it is today. Um, yeah. I feel like, especially if you don't want me asking, how old are you, Sarah? 34. 34. So like when you and I, I'm 31. So like when you and I were growing up, it was much different from where yes. it is today. Like the internet was still dial up when you and I were growing up, you yeah, know, so and, <laughs> and like, you know, when we did have the internet, it was like, you know, very slow, super yeah. slow. And then like MySpace came around, we had AOL instant messenger, whatever. Um, but like, there was so much more time spent outside. Uh, yeah. There was less time spent inside and uh, indoors and whatnot. And it's just, yeah, it's just like staying vigilant about that. Like I get, it's easy. But at the same time, man, like you gotta, you gotta, it's easy to to not be vigilant about it, but like you have to, especially in today's day and age, like you have to. Totally. Well, do you remember the show Catfish? Oh yeah. 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 And that was like really fun to watch because it wasn't happening to us. And all these people thought they were like online dating for years, someone famous Mm -hmm. that they were in love with and come to find out was like a, you know, 18 year old recluse that had lived in their, (laughs) you know, parents' basement or whatever the case may be but that's the kind of stuff that's happening, but not in a cute way, in a predatorial way. Um, And even speaking of AOL, I, let me preface it with this. I was a great kid growing up, extreme rule follower, um, did not color outside of the lines. I was very um, self-motivated. So I, I didn't sneak out. I didn't do any of that stuff. And I still talk, talk to people I didn't know on AOL instant messenger um, because I just thought it was fun, you know, and I didn't realize that there was any danger to that. I had no idea the people that I was reaching out to, I don't know where they lived. I don't know their ages. I lied to my parents about it. Oh, wow. Um, and you know what I mean? I'm like, and I, <laughs> I wasn't trying to do anything wrong. I just thought it was entertaining. So just right. imagine if a predator had gotten a hold of someone like me yeah. who was extremely naive to the whole situation and right. I'd given them information that they should not have had. Yeah. That's how it starts. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's something to what, to what you said. I think you mentioned this before, if, if, if not, please correct me, but it's basically, it's like not living in fear of it, but just taking precautionary steps to that way you prevent it. You know, um, like my girlfriend and I were just having this kind of conversation and such, like with with making comments and such, with like to to people like, for instance, for me, making comments to people of women of the opposite sex or women of the opposite sex, making comments to people of the opposite sex, making comments to girls and such, making sure that I'm aware of what I'm saying. Because I'm a naturally friendly guy. And admittedly, I have said things that can come across. Not, I'm not intending them to, but they come they can come across in a way that is flirtatious. Well, I don't want to do that because you know, I, well, they might, they might take it a certain way. Like, well, I'd be like, Oh, if they were to take it that way, they're like, Oh, Hey, sorry. Like I didn't mean it that way. Well, it's like, what if you're having a bad day and with, with your current relationship, right. And you, you say something wasn't intending it. And that person actually shows you interest and then that could lead to something else. So it's like, it's not living in fear of what could happen, but it's taking precautionary steps to be vigilant about what you say, what you see, what you do, so that way you're preventing it, basically that open door. 
you know, yeah. and it's yeah. like the Bible talks about the enemy is like a like he's like a lion. He's crouching down. I think it's about first Peter five. He's like a roaring lion, you know, roaming around seeking whom he may devour. So we yeah. have to be vigilant. And and it's not again, it's not we don't live in fear. It's not about living in fear. Right. It's about staying vigilant. It's about keeping guard on keeping watch. Just keeping yes. watch and making sure that you're putting things in place, not living in fear. Again, just want to reiterate that you don't live in fear of it, but you do things to prevent those kind of situations from happening, you know? Yes. yes. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And that's what I love about stop the movement. It's like, that's one, that's what the main thing that y'all do is y'all, y'all just propagate a message of like prevention and you do yes. talks and raise awareness and such. And um, that's, that's, that's what I love it. Cause like, if I'm not mistaken, uh, isn't Tampa like the third highest rate of trafficking in the country? <laughs> yes. Out of there's like 19,502 cities in America and Tampa Bay is consistently ranked between number three and number seven out wow. of over 19,000. And that's for human trafficking activity, which means calls placed to the human trafficking hotline. But imagine how many calls are not placed yeah. or still ranked number three. We got a problem. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. What, what is the number one city in, in the country? It goes back and forth. Um, sometimes it's, it's in California. Sometimes it's in Texas. It's like the three, us three States are always vying for the worst first place. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, Vegas is high up there that, hmm. I mean, you, you could pick any city in America and they would make it on the list. Yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of like you mentioned online and stuff, like that's one of the things I love. We'll get to talking about like the thing that I'm super excited about to working with you on, but like pornography in particular, um, little unknowns to me until just very recently, um, porn fuels trafficking, like the, the pornography industry and human trafficking industry share a very very symbiotic relationship and yes. connection and like that one profits off of the other and such. And it's like, I never thought about it that way. Like whenever, like for, I, I'm not only for that reason, but for other reasons as well, like I no longer look at porn, like God has, you know, delivered me from that. I'm super grateful for it. Yeah. But, um, but in addition to that, it's like, man, like there's so much like of a connection there. So if you could speak to that, like what, why, why is there a connection between pornography and trafficking? Because like some people, someone might say like, bro, like, I just do that to, you know, take a load off or whatever. Or girls can say that I just do that because I like this or whatever have you guys and girls both watch. It's not only just a men's problem, um, but like, how is it that pornography fuels trafficking? Yeah, that's such a big topic and it's so necessary. Um, and again, it's uncomfortable to talk about. Churches don't want to talk about it. We're certainly don't want to talk about it with our kids. So I, I really do appreciate that you're bringing a spotlight to it. It's it's extremely important. Um, it fuels this sex trafficking industry because you can never, the way I explain to people is you can never watch a, a pornographic scene and know with full certainty that it's consensual. Yeah. And that's enough for me not to watch it because if I don't know that both parties want to be doing what they're doing, it, it shouldn't be being watched. And yeah. There are plenty of hundreds, unfortunately, stories of, um, so here's maybe how it works. So a modeling agency will, you know, send a call out and a girl, you know, that wants to be a model will go to the call and they'll take pictures. The next time she goes back, they'll say, Hey, we want you in lingerie. Okay. That's weird, but all right. 
um, okay, well now we've got pictures of you in lingerie. Hey, next time we want you to come in, um, there'd be a couple other people there. We're going to do, you know, some scenes. If you want to be an actor, like you're going to make great money. This is a great way for you to get your name out there. Um, by the way, here's a bunch of drugs and a bunch of alcohol so that you don't have to feel the weight of what's going on. And you didn't really consent because we're kind of forcing you into it. Um, that's trafficking and that's yeah. how it happens. And so a lot of the times they're, um, they're drugged in order to not fight back against what's happening. Uh, and then they're forced to perform in scenes that they had no say in. There's actually, there's a great documentary. Um, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to text it to you and then maybe hopefully you can link it because it's so good, but it talks about, it's actually, of course it's housed here in Tampa. Um, but there's five girls that are, I mean, young, 18, 19, and they have a dream to get into the porn industry. Is it, and is it nefarious? It, no. Also a great one. I can't believe I'm totally blanking out on what it's called. I feel like it's uh, from Exodus Cry, though, right? No, this it was on Netflix. If you really? can believe it, it it was on Netflix. I'm I'm gonna have to get the info, but um it follows the story of five girls who all want to be porn stars and they go to a house in Tampa. They all live together. They have a guy who's managing them. The traffickers. Is that what it's called? No. I am all girls. No. Okay. This is an <laughs> unfortunate that there's this many options to pick. <sighs> yeah. Trafficked. I mean, there's I'm, I'm trying trafficked to is such a good documentary, but no, that's not it. Oh, that's actually a movie. Um, okay. no, that's not it. But anyway, they, the majority, I don't, I'll spoil the ending. Uh, they all last for about four months is the average and they're out. The abuse that they've experienced, the degradation, um, the absolute being treated as nothing more than an object, yeah. they can't handle it. And it's not at all what they thought it was going to be. And one of the girls had some really interesting insight. And she said, every scene is the same. It's me freshly turning 18 and an older man taking advantage of me, teaching me the ropes, and uh, and I'm so grateful to him. She's like, that's so stupid. This is not how any of it works. Women don't want to watch it. Why do men want to watch it? This is disgusting. Why would you want to watch a girl who just turned 18, you know, be shown the ropes by uh, her, her dad's best friend? I mean, those are the kind of things. And there's another girl who was, um, I, don't, I don't even want to get into the specifics of it, but um, like she experienced facial abuse. I didn't even know that that was a thing. And after I saw that, I just couldn't stomach anymore because yeah. um, it's, she's somebody, you know, she's yeah. somebody with a name and she has a family. And, and to think that anybody could be treated like that, that's enough to say pornography is not something that should be in our lives. Yeah. Um, and if anybody needs resources, fight the new drug is the channel that we always push people to. They offer incredible help and support. It's not something to be ashamed of because tons right. of people suffer from it, but it just because our culture says it's okay, doesn't mean it's okay. Right. No, hundred percent. And like, I think to that point, what you just said as well, like there's plenty of, like there, I, there was an article that I read actually on the link of the shirt that we have on our website that directs mm -hmm. them to you, but also to this uh, link from fight the new drug Yeah, is, um, 
like this woman came in and she was responding to a, a modeling you know call uh and which should be enough as well to say don't respond to modeling calls in, in the uh in the newspaper but you know uh not to say they're all going to be that but it's like man there's i'm sure there's better ways of doing it but anyways um uh, what is it? She responded to that. Whenever she got there, they ended up taking her phone. They forced her to be on drugs and they threatened her, um, threatened her life. If she, you know, was, if she threatened to leave or whatever have you, or she was going to leave. And so after that, they, because you said like consensual, like, well, he was like, well, of course these people are in this video. They found them at a club or it's a porn star or whatever have you. Okay. Very well. But these people are forced to act like they're enjoying it. Yes. You know, and that's what you, that's why, and that's it, again, like, and not, and again, that's not with every story, but it's like, right. if it's, if you don't know, exactly. Like you, if you don't know, essentially all you're watching is rape and, and that, that's, that's the basic level. That's what you're watching. Not essentially, that's that right. is what you're watching. And it. it's like, it, and not only obviously the, there's a the trafficking aspect of it, but like pornography, dude, it robs your creative, it robs your creative ability. It robs your energy. It robs your yeah. focus. It robs your ability to actually, even like for women, especially if you're using like, just be, tell it what it is. If you're using dildos to get, you know, to get like uh, aroused in that way, guess what? Whenever, whenever you end up getting married, a man's penis is not shaped yeah. like a dildo in the way that a lot of dildos are meant yeah. to, you know, invite, invite that kind of, yeah. you know, you know, exhilaration, if you will. So it's like, you're mm-hmm. going to end up getting actual, actually like sexually disappointed in yeah. that regard. And probably not gonna be able to get sexually aroused when you're with an actual human versus yeah. a, a toy you're messing with. Same right. thing with men, men, because we're, we're men and women are not designed for polyamory. We're not designed for that. We're designed for monogamy, right? Yeah. We're designed for one man one woman in a yep. marriage covenant to, to, to then enter into the sexual act, the sexual act, right. And which I find it a, a, amazing that God created sex the way he did it within those confines and such to be enjoyed in that way. And yeah. to actually bring people together, it's called sex glue to bring people together after they've come into that marriage covenant. It's amazing, but it's like, even men can, can lead to, it can lead, pornography can lead to erectile dysfunction. It's like, cause you, you're, you're, you, I mean, if you think about it, you're, you're used to watching these, you know, three-dimensional objects, right? These women on here. And then it, you, you watch these women and like, you're, you're not just watching one woman, you end up watching this woman and then right. that woman, and then two girls together, then three girls on one guy, then four girls. It's just like, yep. It never stops. And you're, you're never set satiated by one image. You're also wanting, you're always wanting more. And it's like, I remember, um, before I move on to that, but it's like, you're always wanting more. And then not only that, it can lead to feelings of inadequacy. Like, well, I don't add up women thinking like, well, Hey, I don't, my body doesn't look like that. My body doesn't add up that way. I'm not like this. My boobs aren't this way. My body's like that way. Then especially in men, like, well, my, my penis isn't that long, you know, or whatever have you. It's like, it leads to so many negative things. And like, I'm just being, just being transparent with, uh, with, with myself. Like when it comes to like, uh, when it comes to me, you know, my, my girlfriend and I, like we've, I've talked about on the podcast before, we haven't always been pure, you know, and fortunately God's, you know, worked in our relationship. We haven't last time we were together, we weren't perfect. We haven't had sex, but like we weren't perfect, yeah. but we're, fo- we're focusing even more, giving it all to God. And that's, I think that's been the main thing, giving our relationship to the Lord and having the desire to want the things of God more than we want to satiate our own desires. And I think that's been the thing part we've been missing. And the podcast right before this one, some yours is going to be the next one I'm going to upload is that's where we're missing it. We weren't giving our relationship to God, and especially maybe I'm just speaking for myself more. So I'm not saying that she wasn't, but like, I know that I wasn't. And so, but in that regard though, because we've been sexually immoral with each other, it's like, 
I felt like I wasn't adding up because she's had a pass uh, as well. And she's had a pass that has been a lot more, a lot more, you know, sexually charged than, than mine has. And I'm like, well, I feel like maybe I didn't add up to these guys. I mean, you might be in this yeah. guy, maybe with that guy, but I wouldn't have that ish insecurity whatsoever if I would have already been, if I hadn't been watching porn, you yeah. know? And, yeah. and so it's just, but then um, going, going on from that, it's like, there's just the, the negatives just far outweigh the positives whenever it comes to pornography, you know, yes. and then to add an, an additional aspect of it. Um, I think I told you about this before I was working, I volunteer with this company called the net, which is uh, local yes. here to Fort Worth. And I remember working with, uh, with this group and they were essentially doing what, what you had hinted about what some of your ladies do. Like, you know, they, they moonlight as someone else to basically putting ads online to get traffickers in or people that are going to essentially go after that. And, um, you know, and be like, surprise, not me. And like, you know, here's the police. And so, (laughs) and so, um, anyways, but I was, uh, I, I, I was, I was in that room and it was alarming the rate of calls. They said it was a slow night. It was alarming the rate of calls. These were solicitations for kids that were like anywhere from like five to 13 years old or whatever. And like, they were just like saying, Hey, like, you know, this is how much it's going to cost, whatever. These guys were consistently calling in one after the other, after the other. And their, their point with this thing was to, um, they, they, uh, whenever they call in, obviously they're going to get, you know, not who they thought they were going to get. And they basically try to share the gospel with them. They let them know like, Hey, what you're doing is illegal. Um, this call is being recorded. Um, and then after that, they also share the gospel with them too. Now very, it doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes the people actually make it through without just, you know, hanging up automatically. And, um, but anyways, that being said though, I remember asking one of the gentlemen there, his name is Ty Bowden. I asked him, I was like, dude, I said, do you notice that every single person here, um, like every person that calls more so, do they always watch porn or is it kind of like, I mean, if they continue watching porn, does it lead to this? He was like, well, I'm not going to say that everyone who watches porn is going to end up, you know, dipping into like child pornography and whatever have you. But I can tell you that it is always present though. I'm like, interesting. And so, and again, not saying that anyone who's listening, if you watch porn, terrible person, you know, you're going down a path, you're going to be a human trap, you know, human, you know, going right. to child porn and trafficking. I'm not saying that, but it's right. like, because the lust of the eyes, because the eyes are never satiated, they're unsatisfiable, right? Because of that reason, why open up the door? Because eventually looking at a three-dimensional object, you guys, especially I'm speaking to the men out there. And just jacking off to that, eventually that's not going to be enough because you're not, it's not no longer you're going to be good with just guy and girl. It's eventually going to lead to guy and girl with two girls or eventually lead to gay stuff. I'm, I'm just being transparent. Hey, at one point, whenever I was deep into looking at porn on a regular basis, I did start looking at guy and guy. I'm not, I'm not proud of that, but at the same time, that's just how it was, you know? And like, then you can lead to like other just dark things down the road. And that's not right because again, like it doesn't stop there. It will never stop there. So it's like, man, please, like whoever is listening to this, please get help. If you're struggling with pornography, first of all, don't do not feel ashamed. Do not feel ashamed. I've dealt with it myself. Plenty of other people have dealt with it, but I do want you to get help. And uh, an incredible mutual friend of ours, Frank Rich is a, is a godsend in this area. His company rebuilt recovery is tremendously helpful in this. So if you're struggling with this, don't feel ashamed, but you do need help because Christian or not, you're losing potential with your life, um, <laughs> your energy, your focus, your passion, uh, it, feelings of insecurity, inadequacy, whatever. It's like confidence, all that kind of stuff yeah. are permeated so much when pornography is something that's driving your life. Um, yeah. Man, so. Preach. 
Yeah. It's just, I love it, it. it's just, it's just such a topic, man. It's just like the, but the lie is out there. It's like, Oh, what's so bad about porn? Like it's just, you know, it's consensual, blah, blah. It's like, no, it's not. No, it's, it's like, not. there wouldn't be so many lawsuits coming against, you know, all these women that are, you know, coming out there like, no, it wasn't consensual. It wasn't this, it wasn't that. Yeah, and I like, there's under 18. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just, yeah. And like, especially the thing that, that breaks my heart too, is like, I've, I've never ventured into this myself, but like, there's like, what is it? Like, um, hard, like the hardcore kind of pornography that's about like beating people up and such. Like I remember watching a, a documentary and this girl was talking about how her boyfriend wanted to perform this sexual act on her where he would finish on her face and then literally punch her right in the nose. Gosh. To re re uh, reenact something that he saw on a on a pornographic film, yeah. I'm like, what? Right. And, and it's just it just it just mind boggling. It's just mind boggling to me. I'm like, I don't understand that whatsoever. But again, it it's perversion. It's the enemy. Yeah. It's evil, and that's what it boils down to. It's like the more that we and again, it should not come as any shock to, uh, to us whatsoever. Because the more that we push God out of the picture the more mm-hmm. this is going to happen. You know, I was just talking about that on the podcast when it comes to that Uvalde shooting, which is yeah. an, an incredibly unfortunate event. I, yes. uh, uh, Gosh, I can only imagine what those families are going through. And I'm praying for God to be with them. And those people that don't know them, don't yeah. know God at the moment to find him even more. And I'm praying for just for, I've just been, I was telling my girlfriend this, I was like, I was praying for revival across this land because that's ultimately what we need. Um, yeah. And there's, I'm sure there's obviously some laws that could be passed as well that might help that as well. But the, at the most basic issue, it's the heart. Yeah. And that's the thing as well. It's like, until we address the issue of sin and evil, it's like none of this thing, none of that stuff really matters. But yeah. um, anyways, but I don't remember where I was going with that, but <laughs> oh, I, I couldn't agree more. And I really appreciate your honesty and your authenticity because more people need to hear it. It's like you said, you're not the only person that's ever done this, that's ever experienced it, that's ever walked through it. Um, And people need to understand like that there's freedom on the other side and that life is better without it because it does it. um, Frank has a really fascinating statistic that, sorry, Frank, if I messed this up, but I believe that after watching porn only two times, your brain physically gets rewired to want more of it two times. You only need to see it twice. Interesting. And then your brain wants it more and more and more because you get that dopamine hit. Um, So it's like scientifically proven that it is addictive. So it's not surprising that you want to watch more. And all the website companies are so smart because the algorithms that they use. Okay. Well, last time he watched or she watched, you know, this type of porn. So we're going to suggest this video and something a little bit you know, darker maybe. And then not only that, but you get to, what race do you want? You know, have you, you know, Oh, you never been with a black girl. Great. Well, we can show you some black girl content. Like you don't get to pick, you don't get to do that. That's, that is cultural appropriation. Like it's, it's unacceptable. It's not okay. And the other thing that I'll say about it is another reason not to watch it is a lot of times traffickers will use porn to show their victims what is expected of them. Hmm. And for that reason, I can't participate in it because they will. And I again, we have personal experiences. Um, the girl you were talking about that, that runs hero bands. This happened with her as well. Oh, they, you know, Elizabeth. Then. Yes. Yeah. Oh, cool. so they'll, they'll show videos and say, this is what you're going to go do on the next client. Um, this is what, what's expected of you. 
and a lot, and that's grooming. And a lot of the people that are being groomed are under 18. And again, if that stuff is being filmed, the last count, and again, there's, there's no way to count, but they got to put numbers on this stuff. Um, there's some, there's like 8 million pieces of child pornography circulating on the internet at any given day. Wow. 8 million. So what's, what's amazing. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like you said, it doesn't mean if you watch porn, you're going to become a predator and you're going to watch child porn. That's not what it means. But like you said, it's a, a slow, slow fall. It's a trickle. You don't notice that it's happening. You never plan to watch gay porn. You never plan to watch. You never plan to be addicted to it or for it to affect you sexually or for it to affect your relationship. There'll right. be plans for that stuff. Right. And then someday it's completely out of your control. Yeah. And that's what we need to stop. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, it's like, especially whenever you see like it, how it destroys marriages too. Yeah. And like, like I know a couple couples in particular, that's, they're still working through the hurt that was introduced yeah. by the husband watching pornography at a certain point. Yeah. I even know a couple, um, a family friend that they actually, their marriage ended in divorce because mm-hmm. of it. Like the, unfortunately the man chose pornography over his wife, which wow. I can't even begin to fathom that. But at the same time, like, why would you be why would you want a three-dimensional object more than you would want uh, the real thing? But at the same time, it's like, when it comes to that aspect, it's like, why would I settle for one person when I can have endless amounts of people, exactly. you know? And like, even though it's like, well, you're not, it's in endless amounts. You're not actually being with them. You don't have to be, you still get the same, you still get the same release without any of the commitment, without any yes. of the, you know, conversation or whatever have you. Yes. You're essentially just having a relationship with your phone screen or tablet or your TV or whatever have you. Yes. You no, know, and it's just Easy. it's it's just so it's just so. Th- th- was it uh the the, th- the enemy comes to seal, kill, and destroy. That's what it is, and he's the author of the confusion. And yeah. um, it's just man. But I just again, I just want to reiterate to like guys, like don't feel ashamed of what you're walking through. Um, if that is something that you struggle with, um, because. You got to remember like one of the most powerful, one of the most popular, I should say, Bible verses is John 3, 16, right? God so loved the world that gave his only forgotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but ever, but have everlasting life. Well, the verse that comes after that is also equally powerful, which says John 3, 17, which says, for God did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world, right? So Jesus wants you to be set free and to be saved from this thing that's causing you to be in bondage. Like Jesus came to set free, not for you to be in bondage to anything. Right. And it's, it should come as no surprise that whenever we do things, God's God's way, we also get his results. And so again, man, it's just like, just like when it comes to relationships or finances, your body, whichever, it's like, do things God's way. You're going to get God's results. And telling you, man, God's results are far better than our results. God's ways are much, I forget what verse that is, but it's like our, my, my plan, my ways are not your ways. My, my, my thoughts are not your thoughts. They're much better. They're much higher than yours ever are. And, um, it's just, man, like we serve an, we serve an incredible God. Who's not this cosmic fun sucker, but wants to actually preserve our life to continue to have fun and such, but we have to do things his way. And so. Totally. Yes. I, I am a hundred percent on board. I love that you're using your platform to share this information. And what I would just say is um, the way that we normally end, you know, our talks is like to reiterate what you just said, if you're struggling, don't struggle alone. Yeah. Um, Cause that'll never help. Um, but if you have ever been the victim 
of any type of abuse or trafficking, tell someone. And the reason that we encourage people to do that is because you're, you might have the keys that unlock someone's prison. Hmm. And the girl on our team, I shared that's a survivor. She didn't tell her story for 20 years. Wow. And last year, it still gives me goosebumps. Last year was the first time that she had ever told her story in person. And, and I was shaking. I was so nervous for her. And she walked off that stage. A, am telling you a different person confidence through the roof. And she said, this is what I want to do. I got to tell people because it brings God glory. And yeah. because it, every single time she shares her story, someone will come up and say, wow, me too. That yeah. happened to me. That happened to my cousin, my sister, my best friend. I never told anybody, this is what happened. What should I do? It's, it just opens up the floodgates. And so lastly, I would say to parents, if your kid comes to you and, or parents, teachers, uncles, um, anybody in authority, if a kid comes to you and tells you something that's not normal for that kid to say, believe them. Um, as parents, yeah. yeah, it's extremely, uh, it's difficult. It's difficult to believe that, that I would have allowed that to happen to my kid. And yeah. so it's more, it's a pride thing. Um, and, and I've had tons of experiences with people that have shared this. They've had something happen. They tell their parents, the parents brushed under the rug, not necessarily because they don't believe the kid, but because they're, they're so embarrassed. They're so embarrassed and hurt that mm. they would have allowed something to happen to their kid. Yeah. So in doing that, they're just re-traumatizing them. So all I can encourage parents and, and any good adult is that if someone's telling you something, believe them and then don't let the information die with you. Go do whatever that next step is, whether it's going to the authorities, whether it's telling their parents with them, whether it's keeping the person accountable that needs to be held accountable, regardless of who they are, regardless of what whether they're clergy, they're a politician, they're your baseball coach, they're your best friend, whatever the case may be, they're your grandpa. Yeah. There needs to be justice. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I agree. It's like, and it's difficult too. Cause I remember there was a, a famous pastor who's a Christian apologist who came out. Um, he had passed away. Um, then uh, after his passing, it came out that he had been sexually uh, abusing all these all these women in his uh in his line of like um uh, massage parlors and such yeah. across across the state and it was just it's one of those one thing i hate about it i mean it sounds like it was all true as well but which which sucks even more but like one thing i hate about it is like he didn't have the opportunity to defend himself or say anything because he was dead you know um but at the same time it's like people were covering it up because of the what the cost was going to be i'm like I'm like, bro, it's like, that's not worth it, man. Like, I get it. Like he's out there and like, I, even the things that even like a lot of the sermons that he said, like I, I still, you know, I still learned from and I benefited from. Right. Um, because I mean, people can still be following people and still be speaking the truth, but right. still be living fallen lives and such that that happens regardless. Like, Hey, I speak a lot. Of, I feel like I speak a lot of truth on this podcast. I know I speak a lot of truth on this podcast, but I still mess up. Right. Um, in the same, in the same regard, right. not, not to that extent, but like, I still mess up in, in the right. same way because, you know, we're all fallen people. Um, but yeah. like at the same time, it's like people were, you know, we're not, we're not uncovering what was going on. And that's what makes it so, so heartbreaking. It's like, you yeah. knew this was happening to these women and you weren't saying anything about it. I'm totally. like, I, I, man, 
it's like as i get it it's like that that's a, it's a global ministry i understand that but it's like yeah. at the same time it's like it's not worth these women going through this stuff are you kidding yes but, yes there's there's a great quote that i feel like i'll probably butcher um from archbishop desmond tutu and he said if you remain silent in situations of oppression you stand on the side of the oppressor oh yeah 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 um, something too. to that effect and that one that's a real motivator to us like it does whatever the cost and it will cost it's gonna cost something right. um but but it's worth it you know so yeah. it's just a matter of which side you're gonna stand on yeah no i agree i think that's very i think it's very true it's like when you see something that's legitimately going on and you choose to say nothing it's like like what's going on what the heck you know and yeah, it's just I, I think a lot of people, unfortunately, in today's day and age have grown more and more like cowardly, which I get it simply because of like, you know, you speak up in today's day and age, and like people want to just like come after you and whatever have you. But it's like, dude, you got to stand up to the mob a lot of times. I mean, it's like, I mean, there's I haven't been put in a situation where I, well, actually, there was I, I, I unfortunately was in a situation like whenever, like, for instance, um, the thing the unfortunate situation happened with uh, with Mr. George Floyd. Um, you know, a couple of years ago. And there was uh, this girl that I thought was a friend of mine was wanting me to say, was wanting me to say a certain statement that I didn't agree with. And mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, I was like, well, I don't want to say that I will say this. And like, I put out, a, I was, I put together a letter that was calling for, um, call, it was basically calling for like promoting what we need, which is what we need in that situation. We needed more unity and we needed more love. We need to be more loving to people, understanding to people and whatnot, but we also needed to unify and such. And I put together a letter that talked about that. I was like, Hey, if you want to be more, if you want to, you know, whatever change you want to see in the world, be that. If you want to be right. more loving, promote more things right. that promote love. If you want, if you want to see unity, promote more things that are unifying and such. I said, as the African proverb says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, yes. go together. And um, yeah. what is that? That was also that quote by Martin Luther King that says, um, "Was it darkness cannot drive out darkness? Only light can do that." you know, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And so I was like, dude, you got to be the change you want to see. And I put what was interesting. I put that message together and I sent it to her. I was like, well, Hey, I guess I wasn't planning on doing anything. I was just going to continue going on, posting positive stuff online and trying to uplift people in a time that was really challenging. And I remember getting a message back from this person and she told me, she goes, wow, you basically said nothing with this message and you made it all about this. You made it all about that. That has nothing to do with you. It's like basically accuse me of being selfish, saying nothing. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So essentially, so Uh I get it. It's like, it's hard to say something. And I, I, I wish looking back on it that I would have told her like, Hey, like, okay, forget you. I'm going to post this because this aligns with me and I should have. And that's, that's, I, I do wish I would have acted differently in that regard. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, yo, you gotta, you gotta use your voice in that sense. You know, people are going to, what, what's that saying? Is that, uh, that saying by, um, I, I feel like I, I, I'm recalling it from Eminem. I feel like he's quoting someone else, but it's basically, <laughs> it's basically that said, that's saying it's like the you, greatest you, philosophers of our time, the great, the great philosopher, Mr. Slim, <laughs> Mr. Slim Shady himself. Uh, but he's like, I think one of the things that he says, so you have enemies. Good. That means you set up for something, right. Or the one I was thinking of more specifically was, um, in order to avoid criticism, say nothing, do nothing and be nothing. You yes. know, I, I think that's Aristotle or something, but anyways, so um, you got to stand up for the right things, man. It's like, it's just, whether it's trafficking or whether it's something that you see an injustice going on or whatever have you, it's like, stand up for it. You know, like, uh, it's just, man, it's just like, you just have to, you know, and like, it doesn't have to always be, um, like for me, this might be a goofy example, but like for me, for instance, like 
knowing that you would do something in the light if something bad were happening. Like for instance, when I go to church, for instance, I like to sit on like the the the, the aisle seat, like close to the aisle and such. And I always like whenever the pastor's talking, I always like keep my head a little bit on like a swivel and such. And yeah. I always like to just in case if there were a gunman that were to come in or whatever have you knowing that, okay, I'm in a perfect position to be able to get to the place and, you know, protect, I might get shot, whatever, but it's like, that's just how I think when it came to like, for instance, um, that was on a plane. This again, this might just be stupid, just trivial examples, but I think the principle is the same. It's like, there was, I was on the plane, um, heading back, um, heading to, uh, heading to Tampa, this, uh, um, a couple, you know, several days ago. And there was a, uh, the overhead bin had dropped down, right? Well, we're about to take off and no one's getting up to close the overhead bin, which again, like, I mean, it's not a big deal because it's, you know, it's take off that, you know, there's not gonna be a whole lot of lateral movement. So it's like, nothing's going to fall out, but at the same time that could potentially cause it, you know, cause an injuries. And, but like no one that was, and I was, I was a good five or six rows behind this overhead bin closing. I'm like, you know what, dude, in a situation like this, are you going to stand up and do something again? This is so stupid, but it, but it's like, the principle is the same. Something is small. Are you going to open up your mouth and say something? Are you going to stand up for what's right? So Again, nice. we're literally taking off. <clears throat> I unclip my buckle and I walk up there and I slam it. Then I walk back and I sit down or whatever. All, all, all the while wearing my shirt that says real men don't watch porn, by the way. Yes. And, <laughs> and um, anyways, yes. but it's like, it's like you guys, you don't always have to like go out and like do what Sarah is doing and such in that regard. But it's like standing up for what's right. And you're not always going to be, I feel like we're not always going to be put in situations where you're going to have to call the hotline. You're going to have to stand up for those people without a voice or whatever have you, but you can practice doing the right thing. Now where you are, what you have, whether it's picking up trash and along the side of the road, or if it's, you know, if someone says something or whatever, and you challenge them on it, it's like, Hey, that, that wasn't the right thing to say or whatever have you, or <clears throat> speaking your opinion on something in a loving way, and standing up for what's right in that regard. So it's just, there's plenty of little things. It's like that, those two examples, even though, even though in my head, I was like, those are so dumb, but like the principle is the same. It's like doing the right thing in that moment. I love it. I love a small example because that means that regular people can empathize with what you're doing and they can do it too. And we have a situation this morning I'll give you the Cliff's Notes version of it, but I was called um, at work. I was called into our parking lot and uh, over a domestic dispute. No idea what happened, but um, <laughs> there ended up being a guy and a girl in a car. He was assaulting her. He was like punching her. And these two guys saw it. And one of them tackled the guy to the ground. Yep. <laughs> I was so amped. I was like, yeah, dude, my, my heart started racing. Whenever you said it, I was like, Oh, put me in coach. I'm not oh. the biggest guy or whatever. I'm going to go down swinging though. I, I was like, I won't let me get a punch in. What yeah. <laughs> break my hand. Um, but anyway, so then the other guy calls the police, the police show up right away. They separate them. They talk to them. And I went over to the first guy and I said, thank you so much. Like, thank you for seeing something and then doing something. And he was like, oh, it's not, it's, you know, it's not a big deal. I said, no, you don't get it. What you don't understand is that people see stuff all the time and they just assume that someone else is going to do it. And it's not someone else's job. It's Mm -hmm. your job. And you saved her life. So thank you. Oh, it's so good. 
hundred percent. That's one, dude, nothing. I'm sure you feel the same way, but like there's nothing infuriates me more than watching a video online about someone getting assaulted or this yep. bad thing happening. And you literally see people with their phones out recording. Yeah. I'm like, I, I just, I just want to scream and like yeah. throw my computer or whatever that I'm watching it on. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? I'm like there was a video I saw of this, of this woman that was beating up this other woman that whose child was there crying. And this other woman, I don't know what the altercation was. I, it very well might've been justified. Irrelevant, irrelevant right. of that. There, there is men. This literally, I saw a man, not even a man, a boy. He was a grown, a grown adult, but he was not a man. Men, men don't allow, men don't, don't stay silent. Whenever yes. injustice is going on and someone yeah. who cannot defend themselves yeah. is getting beaten up. Men don't do that. Right. I'm, I don't care what you say. Men don't do that. If you have a penis and that you could do that and you don't, you don't stand up for that. You're not a man. Yeah. Just because you have genitalia, male genitalia does not make you a man. But anyways, this man right. literally walks over this person doing that. Doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And like, literally it's just, and like, there's so many examples of that with like this people just doing crap, which again, I, I get it. You have to use wisdom in situations like that and not get involved in whatnot. I get that. But like when something is very cut and dry and very clear, yeah, man, yeah, it's, it's, it, it just, it makes my blood, blood boil. It's just, it's just, ah, it's so annoying. So I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? Especially when I see guys there, I'm like, dude, right. like this is going on. Why are you not stepping in and doing something? something yeah. like at least at least saying at least making a statement with your like at least making your voice heard or better yeah. yet grabbing someone and like pulling them off i'm not saying yep. like be violent with people but like my gosh but yes. do yeah. anything yes. yeah it's and i and i, and I don't want to sit here and act like i'm some son of you know alpha macho males i'm not but at the same time it's like i i like to think that i will do the right thing in a situation and i like to just have those little practices like i told you a second ago to reassure that I will like yes. there was, I can, I can think of another example. I was running with, um, I was running with this girl uh, years ago <clears throat> and we were, um, we were, we were running down this, it was like five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning in session. I saw, it was just her and I running and I saw in the distance, these three silhouettes of these men walking on the side of the road. And mm-hmm. literally without even thinking about it, she was, uh, she was on my inside. And so I was running and we were on the left side of the road. She was on my inside. I literally grabbed her by the arm without even thinking and pull her to the side on the other side. And like, whenever we passed the guys, which again, I don't know who they were. They probably were fine, whatever have you. But whenever I, without even thinking about that, like male protective instinct came over and that, uh, the guys, whenever we passed by, they laughed and go, Hey man, we see you protecting her and whatnot. Just laughed. I'm like, Oh yeah. But (laughs) in in reality, I was, I was, my thought was like, okay, I don't know who they are. They might be violent. I don't know, but let me just go and pull her over and whatever. Ended up being fine. We ran and we had a great run, whatever. But exactly. it's just, yeah, just doing the right thing, man. That's what it boils down to. Do the right thing, send up for the right stuff. But 100%. Anyways, but um, before we end up closing it out, I did want to talk about, um, I, I definitely want to give the floor to you before we end up, but I just want to talk about this incredible shirt that we have um, that supports you guys as well. <clears throat> on our website, you guys, we have a shirt that's called that says "Real Men Don't Watch Porn," and we have it in a hoodie. We have it in a, in a couple of shirts as well. And what basically it is, it's talking about: Hey, real men do not find joy in the exploitation of 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 women, right? And exploitation of individuals, men and women both, that are being you know held beyond you know being forced to do things beyond their will, right? So. And whenever I wear the shirt, I love it because yeah. it always gathers 
one of two responses. People just stare at it and like don't really understand it. Or some people will ask like, what's that shirt? Like they'll laugh, right? Okay. And whenever they laugh at it, I'm like, I just laugh. I'm like, oh, you laugh at the shirt? They go, yeah. I'm like, man, you know, hey, if you knew the, if you knew the connection between pornography and uh, human trafficking, I think you'd agree. And yeah. usually, you know, stops the conversation at that point. They're like, wow, I, I didn't think about that. And yes. like other men have just been like, hey, facts, bro. Like, and like, yeah, dude, I love your shirt, man. And such, but Anyways, it's just, uh, but the reason I bring up that shirt, you guys, is that $10 from every um, every purchase of that shirt goes directly to um, Stop the Movement and to going directly to support Sarah and her cause and what they're doing by raising awareness and helping prevent, you know, people getting into trafficking before it even starts as well, which is ultimately helping, you know, slow the spread and stop the movement of human trafficking across the globe as well. So definitely would encourage y'all to pick up a shirt, um, high quality stuff. You guys, that's all we do at qualified apparel. And also in addition to the providing $10 to, uh, to stop the movement, it also provides 20 meals for families in America. So I would highly encourage you to go pick up a shirt as well. And, um, that being said, I've enjoyed the conversation a lot, Sarah. And I just wanted to say if you open the floor to you, if there's anything else that you wanted to add before we start wrapping this up. Oh gosh. No, I, I just, I truly appreciate your time. I appreciate you talking about a subject that's not always fun to talk about. I so appreciate the partnership with qualified apparel and um, the support of stop the movement. And it's, you know, it can't all happen with one organization. It can't all happen in one day. Um, but it can happen with all of us. I truly believe that. I am not a Pollyanna. I'm extremely pessimistic. Um, so that's, but I, but I really believe that if we each do our part, if we each start doing some stuff and we stop doing some stuff that we really can eradicate, you know, the exploitation of, of not only women and girls, but boys, it's, that's happening all across America as well. And we need to shine a light on that too. And I just believe that we can each do our part and, and we could really stop it in our lifetime. Yeah. Amen. I agree. Thank you. I agree. You're very welcome. And I just want to acknowledge you for all the work that you're doing. I think from that young age of 17, seeing that and then being passionate about it to go into that rise conference and realizing, right, time is now to do this and taking the initiative to do that. Yeah. I think is incredibly inspiring, especially I love that your team, um, all the women that you have with stop the movement or I'm sorry, the team that you have are all women. And yeah. I, I love that. Uh, I love that you're empowering other women, giving them jobs and such, and just, living, living your life as an example, you know, you don't just see a problem and then, you know, do as a lot of us have done, you know, nag about it and be like, wow, well, someone should do something. Well, you took the, no, you took the initiative upon yourself to do that. And I, that's very noble. And I love that. And, um, so yeah, thank you so much for what you're doing. I'm grateful for the opportunity to support you. And I'm looking forward to promoting your, this shirt and any other designs that we come up with, which you have another one coming up soon as well. Um, just, and just getting more word out there and raising more awareness and, uh, helping to stop something that should honestly never have happened, but at the same time evil exists. So I'm grateful we're in opportunities to support you and uh, being a great opportunity to, um, you know, stop the movement. So this is yes. awesome. Thank you. Y'all are doing amazing work. Keep it up. I really appreciate you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Well, Hey, um, two questions I ask every guest on the podcast before we wrap every episode up. So I'm going to start the first question and then uh, we'll go from there. So first question is how does someone chase their potential and become the person they were created to become? Oh, that's a good question. Do you listen to Frank's podcast? I I do on occasion. I don't listen to it weekly, but I do. I like there's, there's been several episodes recently I've listened to. Yes. He has a question at the end of his podcast that he asks everybody as well. And oh, really? it catches, catches you off guard and you're like, I don't know. Great right, minds think alike. Let's go. 
Yeah. Say it to me one more time. Um, how does somebody realize their potential? Yeah, for sure. So it's how does someone chase their potential to become the person they were created to become? Well, I can only speak from personal experience. And again, what that was for me on my journey was um, personal development. I had no, coming from someone who's extremely self-motivated and did really well in school and did well in sports and did all that stuff. Then my life just plateaued. And um, like I said, in 2019, everything changed. And that was what started me figuring out how to find my potential. And so I read all a ton of books. I listened to a ton of podcasts. I started um, really praying specifically and meditating and um, really being purposeful about um, like working out and, and even my water intake and stuff like that. And I just grabbed little pieces from everybody who was more farther ahead than I was and made it work for me. Um, and if I could leave you with anything, it would be to journal, which I just mm. thought was like such a waste of time. <laughs> and I just, I love it. I find it to be so helpful. Um, it gets everything from here out on paper. And that's partially how I discovered what I wanted to do was just writing down, like, what am I good at? You know, cause you don't, I mean, maybe you don't, but for women, especially too, it's really hard to talk about the things you're good at, you know, where we're trying to be humble or we don't have good self-esteem. Sure. So it's like, right. God's given you stuff. What are you good at? You know, what are you not good at? Let's be honest about that too. What are the passions that you've had since you were a little kid? Okay. Now let's look at that. And what are you doing right now? But what would you ultimately love to do? And how do we get, how do I get there? And then surround myself with people who are smarter and further along than I am. That is a lot of things, but it has been a three-year journey to help get me to where I finally feel like I'm on the right track to reach my full potential. I love that. And that's the first time I've ever heard like journaling being like mentioned as far as like an answer when it comes to that. I love that. That's cool. Thank you. You're welcome. And I agree. Actually, journaling is very, is very helpful because you're able to look back on your journey as well. It's like, wow, like that's what I used to struggle with. And that's what I used to be walking through. And this is what I learned at this time. And geez, totally. I, I see like that. That's how that changed me for the better and such. So no, yeah. I agree. It's like journaling is, is very helpful. I actually, it's funny because of my girlfriend, she's, she's a huge journaler. She loves journaling and such. Uh, she's got me into it as well. So I haven't done it. I don't do it as consistently as she does, but I do collect my thoughts on there. And it's just, it's cool to look back on and reflect. So I, I like that. Yes. That's great. That's awesome. All right. Last question. How does someone, or sorry, <laughs> last question. What is living a life that makes a positive impact look like for you? Um, I feel like the passion that I have inside of me is to empower other women to realize the gifting that God's given them. Mm. And that's how I know that I'm making an impact. Um, when I mentor and coach them, when I get to spend time with them, when I hear their stories, like I said, when, when, and I don't have all the answers, but when we help equip people to have keys that they didn't have before, and then they go share those tools and then those keys unlock other people's prisons. And then it's just like a cyclical effect that gives me so much joy. And I know that I'm leaving an impact and I have two daughters and I want to equip them 
with all of the tools I didn't have, like my toolbox was so small for so long. And I really feel like that's the direction that God's hiding me is to just help. I, I don't need to fill up other women's toolboxes. They can fill up their own toolboxes, you know, with God's help, but that's, that's what would leave a lasting impact. That's how I know I would be making a difference. I've seen it. I'm excited for what's in the future. And um, I just feel honored that God would use someone as dumb as me <laughs> to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Hey, like, I, first of all, I don't think you're dumb, but second of all, I think it's, uh, it's amazing who God is able to use, you know, and I think what, what makes it, what, what is comes down to is, are you willing to be used? Are you willing to yeah. surrender to him and yeah. to his, uh, to his call in your life? And if the answer to that is yes, then, you know, you know, strap, you know, get, you know, buckle up yes. and uh, you'll see what happens. It's like, that's why it's amazing to me. It's like, people think like they're too far gone for God to use them or whatever have you, or I'm not this, or I'm not that, whatever. It's like, well, if you look at Paul, for instance, Paul was a, you know, before he became Paul, he was Saul and he was a murderer of Christians. He was, you know, he put people down, all the, all that kind of thing. He was accuser yeah. of the brethren and such. And, but what's amazing about Paul is that God transformed his life and if you like any verse in the old, in the new Testament, chances are it was written by Paul. Yeah. And so it's just, uh, it's just pretty incredible. It's like, God's able to use anyone and it doesn't matter what your background is. It's like, are you willing to surrender? And if that's the case and awesome, let's go, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Love that. Well, Hey, where can people connect with you and learn more about stop the movement and support your cause as well? Well, thank you. So we, uh, we're on social media on Facebook and Instagram, uh, at stop the movement, uh, on Instagram, I think it's stop the movement, Tampa Bay or TB. Um, and I mean, you can follow me if you want. I'm, <laughs> I'm more of a consumer. I'm really working on it. More of like a, a creepy, uh, stalker consumer of social media more than I post. So I Good. am working on that. Um, but I, but we would love the support. Stop the movement. Um, we volunteer our time. We're passionate about this, and we're just looking for people to join the team that want to do the same. I love that. That's awesome. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the episode. This has been a great conversation, and I'm super excited for all the content that we covered today because it's definitely shedding light on an important topic that needs to be discussed. So thank you so much again. Awesome. Thank you so much. I am so honored and so excited to see what happens next. My pleasure. My pleasure. Well, y'all, that is the episode. Thank you so very much for listening. Again, if you enjoyed the show, please leave a five-star review. It takes like two minutes, less than two minutes on an Apple podcast. And as well, share it out with at least one friend. Let them know that you enjoyed it. Y'all, I will talk to y'all soon. Until that time, chase your potential and live a life that makes a positive impact. Talk to y'all soon. See you guys. Hey, what's going on, Qualified Family? Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and I trust you enjoyed the message. You know, with the Qualified brand, our mission is to empower you to chase your potential and live a life that makes a positive impact. You know, ultimately the life that you are qualified to live. You know, but it's not about just being qualified on our own. It's about the fact that God has created us with innate value and divine purpose to live for something bigger than ourselves. You know, a life ultimately that is fulfilling and brings glory and honor to Him. You know, so whether you've never had the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or maybe you were like me, you know, and you fell away, kind of did your own, kind of fell away from your faith and kind of did your own thing. I want to encourage you with this. And that is that Jesus still loves you 
and wants, dude, desires a relationship with you so badly as well. And here's the thing. It doesn't matter how many times you've messed up. It doesn't matter how messed up your past is. It doesn't matter how many times you've missed the mark. It doesn't how many times you, you know, thought you're going to go one way and you went the other way as well. Your purpose still stands. Not only that, regardless of your past, the love of Christ for you still stands as well. You know, and that's the amazing thing, dude. I, I mean, I've made a point of sharing how crazy my past has been and how many times I've messed up. And here's the thing. God is the God of second chances. And not only second, but third, fourth, fifth, infinitely amount of chances, man. He just wants that relationship with you. So would you pray this prayer with me? Just repeat the following. Just say, Father God, thank you for the amazing work your son Jesus did by dying on the cross and raising again, forever making me righteous, complete, and free from the power of sin. I confess that Jesus is Lord of my life, repent of and ask forgiveness for my sins, and fully surrender my life to you. Use me to make your kingdom great. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, first of all, I am so dang excited for the decision that you just made. And I got to tell you this as well. It says in Luke 15 verse 10 in the Amplified Translation that there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So what does that mean to right now? There's a dang party going on in heaven, bro. <laughs> like everyone's going crazy. They're like, hey. This girl, this guy just gave their life to Christ and made the best decision of their life. So seriously, I'm super happy for you and excited for that decision you made. So two things. Number one, I got to tell you, you got to recommend that you need to get a Bible and start reading the New Testament, reading about the life of Christ as well. So whether you download the Bible app off the iTunes store or, you know, for Android, and start reading it there or you know definitely recommend either the amplified translation or the new living translation or even the new king james as a translation as well or if you get a, a physical bible as well and start reading that's great but just make sure you start reading and you know reading the new testament learn about the life of christ and go from there and start growing that in that relationship and spending time with him second of all there's a special page that I made specifically for this as well on Qualified Pro's website. That link for that is down below in the description. And it just takes you to some resources that I highly recommend that you get. Books that I've read, um, with the exception of one, there's one called, uh, what is it, Disciplines of a Godly Woman. Clearly haven't read that one. But <laughs> I, uh, I, the other ones I highly recommend, and they're super powerful. This, some great resources that will help you grow, help you improve, and just go deeper in your relationship with Christ as well. So, dude, so happy for you. And if you need anything, definitely feel free to reach out. Uh, Thequalifiedpodcast at gmail.com. Happy to answer any questions that you have. Y'all, have an amazing day. Until next time, chase your potential and live a life that makes a positive impact. We'll talk to you soon. See ya.